This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, an alien attack, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, let's get this disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. DJ, I'm going to open with a question. Would okay. you consider yourself bougie? Uh, boogie? Would I consider myself boogie? Now, we went over this before we hit record. I told you, I didn't know how to spell bougie, so I ended up writing it boogie. <laughs> I guess the question remains, um, do you consider yourself boogie or bougie or anything like that? Yeah, I think I have um, some bougie tastes. Um, there are some things where I only buy uh, name brand, and usually it's for the experience or or the quality. Um, you know, for me, if I go to Disney and I'm not staying at a Disney resort, let's say, you know, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. That's all to say I've never stayed at a Disney resort. But, you know, I would consider that, you know, anytime I'm flying Delta, uh, I feel a little bougie, uh, maybe more so than flying Southwest or something else. Um, I'm really bad about this, though, in clothing. Um, you know, I, it's just, I, I don't know, I'm getting better at it. I'm realizing that I can get the same thing at Costco, Kirkland Signature, same yeah. quality. Um, but what's great about Kirkland now is it's becoming, not bougie, but it's becoming a brand. Like, you can get the Kirkland Signature slides to wear on your feet. And you can rock that Kirkland Signature logo for all to see. And someone posted that on X. And someone replied and said, why would I ever want to show that off? And I'm like, why wouldn't you? It's Kirkland, man. Yeah, it's a real brand Kirkland signature. I think it was like 2021 at the beginning of 2022 that I saw the hooded sweatshirt with the Kirkland brand on it. I said, that goes hard. I need that. So I bought it. I couldn't get it in the store itself. I had to buy it through the Costco online store. <laughs> and I have it. It's a high-quality hoodie. And here we go with our sponsored content with Costco. Yeah. It's not actually sponsored, but it's good. Like, I, I looked at that clothing, too. I have multiple items that I've gotten from there. Uh, they've each come in a pack of four, which is very convenient. I mean, that's I, I kidding. But yeah. it's, it's fun to see all that. And I've certainly got things as well. Uh, I guess as a counterpoint to being bougie, and it's funny you mentioned clothes because of that. I bought my first pair of jeans in years for the first time on Saturday, and I did it at Walmart. Yeah, I got they had different brands. They had Wrangler. They had different versions. Yeah. I got the cheapest I could find because I wanted to dip my toes in the water of jeans again. Not going to get okay. Levi's, at least not right now. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm happy with them. I love them for fifteen bucks. Yeah, I really like um, Target for that. They have a brand called Goodfellow, um, and I get my jeans all from Target. And I feel a little, maybe a little more bougie than going to, to go into Walmart. Target's um, bougie. T- Target's, exactly. There are coaster manufacturers that are bougie. Mock, B&M, these are bougie coaster manufacturers. I think you can apply it to really any industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd liken Mock to maybe the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Uh, oh, and B&M okay. to Yeti, the try to cheer yeah. it yeah. we're, we're, we're not going to go there right now. I think that's <laughs> another topic, and that's uh, not necessarily where we want to go right now, but it's fun to liken these out there. But I, I posed the question about bouginess because I know, like many things, it is a spectrum. So I guess the question is, DJ, what is the bougiest thing about you? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying to think of things I own. Um, 
You know, I don't know that I have anything. I'm looking around behind me in my office here in my room. Maybe my computer, like, I, I don't, like, get cheap parts or anything. I would probably say, say clothing for me. Um, there's just something about, I have this in my mind, if I spend more, it's therefore obviously a better product. And I think it does apply to some brands, like Patagonia is probably the main offender for me, where I feel like, okay, I did spend more, but, you know, all of my favorite shirts, all of my favorite hoodies, all of outerwear, it's all my Patagonia stuff, because it just feels higher quality. Um, and it applies to golf, too. I like to golf, and so that's a sport that kind of has that inherently around it. And that's always the joke. People say, you know, how do you have enough money to golf? It's like, well, you know, I, I get Kirkland golf balls. But um, I've always got, uh, you know, like a Nike polo with Nike pants, all matching. like that. Okay, sort of Tiger. Yeah. I guess not yeah, anymore. Exactly. I think he dropped that sponsorship. But. He he did. He did. I mean, I've got some Puma shoes, and like, it's funny because in the golfing world, it's like, oh, you. There's people who are like, all your brands have to match, you know, like that's, and and I don't necessarily agree with that, but I I I'd probably say in 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 those regards, I used to be that way with guitar when I was playing a lot more. Like, I, there were times where I just wouldn't buy things I need because I'm like, no, I want to save up to get this more bougie pedal or something like that, and then end up not buying it at all. I guess the bougiest thing about me is that I get spring water delivered to me every every couple weeks, and it came this morning. And uh, it's because I love the taste of it. I try to stay hydrated. I know that is a major part about being healthy, is being hydrated. And so I, I like to take pleasure in that. So tap water, I mean, at least where I am, I'm like, oh. I can't do it unless I, I douse it in lime or lemon juice and put ice cubes in it to sort of make it more palatable. And that's just bougie. That's silly. But I like it. So it is something that is worth it for me to have that charge. And every couple of weeks, I get two jugs of water that I put in my stand-up water cooler, plug it in. It's ice cold. It's cold as the Rockies, DJ. Yep. And it's so delicious. Now, I also have a made-in pan that I overuse for every little thing, and I don't even need to really put oil in it or anything if I try to crack an egg and cook it in there. It's very applicable. Uh, but I was actually gifted a knife a little while ago that came with detailed instructions. Uh, it must be treated with this before and after use. Uh, it came with its own whetstone that I have to use here and there. There's a, a whole process for using that whetstone. Uh, it must be used with a cutting board made out of bamboo only if you'd like to preserve the knife and its edge. Mm. And if these instructions are followed, it literally said this, DJ, this instrument can last for generations. Yeah. And that's it's, a lot of pressure. I, that applies to any cast iron item that you buy. I mean, you buy a good cast iron pan from, from Lodge. Um, and I, there's probably one listener out there, a dear listener, who is really into the um, uh, cast iron subreddit on on Reddit, I'm sure, that's saying, no, Lodge is crap. But, um, you know, it's it says on there, you want to buy this, and um, we want to make sure that your grandchildren can use it. Um, if you take good care of it, if you oil it right, uh, if you keep it seasoned, uh, if you cook right with it, uh, and it can be a versatile tool in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think I'm kind of bougie too um, with um, oh not not uh, tools tools like I only buy Dewalt tools, and it it stems from 
my first power drill my dad got me was a DeWalt. So I'm like, okay, well, I, w- I don't want to mix brands. And then I slowly learned that DeWalt's one of like the quote unquote superior, like bougie brands. So, you know, everything's got to match. Um, that's a little bit of it. I, I think tools, I'm also kind of bougie with that. Okay, and there's no shame in that. If all the tools are compatible and they fit together like that, the same color, that's nice. I get that. It, me- it means Harbor something. Freight? No, yeah. no Harbor Freight. Oh, but like no, even my no. drill bits. My okay. drill bits are DeWalt, and I could get drill bits from anywhere, and they'd all be compatible. But it's like, nope, I just, I'm going to spend that extra $8, and I'm going to get the DeWalt drill bits. Just DeWalt stuff like that. Disney. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It's funny you mentioned cast iron lasting because I have a cast iron pan that is more than 90 years old. My great grandfather bought it uh, in the early 1930s, I think, somewhere around there, late 1920s. And uh, here we go. I mean, it's still there, it's still cast iron. Uh, so it's definitely a process to maintain and, and develop that seasoning. But it gets the job done. When I'm not using the made-in pan, maybe I'm using some of that cast iron, too. Because uh, it's good to have balance, of course. So it, it's fun. It's great, that. But um, I'm not going to lie about that knife, DJ. Uh, it's a lot of pressure to have it properly maintained and use the right cutting board for it. Now I have a cutting board that's bamboo for vegetables, and I have one for meat because it's a little different. You don't want to cross-contaminate those. <laughs> And sometimes when I need to chop some onions and peppers, DJ, I really just use my Cuisinart knife that I got from Target. Uh, and I may even run that over the whetstone a couple times now and again, too. This fancy whetstone, and I'm using it with my Cuisinart knife, because surely that's interchangeable there. Even though I have this, uh, this knife that I must be reverent to, and it comes with its own whetstone, sure, I can use like the, the cutting board, I mean, the, the Cuisinart. It's a, it's a rescue. It's a knife. It's a, and then and sharpen it there, and it gets the job done here and there. Now, there are occasions when I'll need to use my very fancy knife, and uh, it'll be special, and it'll be perfectly balanced, and I'll feel like the bear when I use it, yeah. uh, and I'll say, heard. <laughs> yeah, congrats on you're right. And, uh, uh, but sometimes I just need to use my Cuisinart all-purpose knife. I know people cringed when I said that, but I use it for pretty much everything <laughs> uh, to, to get something done, and Uh, The reason I bring up this bougie talk to open up this podcast is because I recently entered a new level of bougie, I think. A new, I guess I developed a new idiosyncrasy that now I can't ever stop. I can't go back. And that involves cutting the spines out of romaine lettuce. Oh, man. No, no, hear me out. Have you know you what I just had a... before? You know what I just had before we did this podcast? A salad with romaine lettuce with every crunch intact. And how did you. Okay, so you, you didn't cut it out. You just, I bet you just chopped it up like an animal. Like an animal, <clears throat> DJ. You need to cut the spines out well, of you, it now. You, see, you say the spine, you mean like just the center of each leaf that's like filled with water? Yes, yes. Yeah, no, no, no. I just buy pre-cut, but I don't cut the spine out after that. So, But you're taking a whole head of romaine is how you're doing yes, it, Yes, right? I buy my okay, romaine okay. That's as not a as heart. In, that, that, yeah, heart. That's not as intense. Yeah. I thought you were taking the pre-chopped out of the bag and cutting every spine out of the... I was like, no. that's, <laughs> that is, that's too much. No, I, I wouldn't do that, but I also try to avoid buying uh, prepackaged lettuce like that for cost. I know it's convenient. Yeah. Sometimes I got to yeah. get it too, but uh, when I can get a, a bunch of hearts of romaine 
uh, for for a good rate, I definitely try to do that. And I find they last longer in my fridge as well uh, when they aren't pre-cut. So I try to to keep it fresh, unprocessed like that. And I have gone to uh, deleafing the heart or whatever, however they call it. Uh, and then I place it on the cutting board and I go choot choot two uh, two swipes of the knife, just like Sweeney Todd, and the the spine is gone. Uh, it's it's something that I guess I, I learned about it first with uh, a little something called Nick News with Linda Ellerby. Are you familiar with that, DJ? You are? I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, well, we're trying to, to dredge up some memories here. But I remembered as I was doing it, I said, I heard about this practice on Nick News with Linda Ellerby, Ellerby Special Edition. Uh, because uh, she was that talking. That was a real was, news program, too. I mean, that was hard was. hitting news for kids. Like, yeah, real pills. You're like, wow, stuff. you need to be at least 10 to really comprehend what's going on. They had some big talks there, but this was like a healthy eating episode. And they had this chef guy on there who cut the, the spines out of romaine before he chopped them up. And, and I was like, huh. And it meant nothing to me. But then I realized as I was tracing the tapestry of my life that a couple years ago, I'm pretty sure that I heard Guy Fieri talk about doing this once or twice. Like, I think this is one of those 2020 episodes where he was just in his backyard cooking uh, ingredients that people sent him from their restaurants with his family. And he would do that. And I guess I never internalized it until now. I don't know... What precipitated this change? What flipped the switch for me? And ensure the yield is lower in the heart. I get less volume from it because I'm throwing out the uh, spines, but the overall taste is better. The texture is far superior, and I, I lack a little bit of bitterness when I go to bite into it. It's that much better. And I can't help it that I like nice things, so uh, I'm sorry, not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, but I can't go back. I have crossed a threshold of lettuce preparation and consumption that I, I can't close that door again. So it's just how it is. I don't know that bitter is a taste that I've ever had from romaine lettuce, but as they say, go off, King. Yeah, I mean, you ought to try it, but I'm going to warn you once you stop. I mean, once you start, you can't go back. It's uh, it's something else. What, so what's the superior green? I'm gonna say either don't arugula. Don't you dare say iceberg. Oh, okay. Or spinach. I mean, I like baby spinach. I put it in all sorts of things too. Um, but romaine is sort of my all-purpose green. I use it with a lot of things. Yeah. I can put it on a yeah. sandwich. I can put it in a salad. But I um, I do like there is the cost item you're talking about. I do like a bag of pre-cut like romaine carrots radish and cabbage but anyways theme parks am i right i mean we spent this whole opening the podcast talking about lettuce and how we like to chop it uh, who knows i mean it's fun to get into these things because sometimes it's just a little bit of fun to talk about nothing and to have an opening segment about really nothing it has no overarching bearing on world events or things like that. It's just like how we cho we just like to chop lettuce a certain way. That's the moral of the story. I like that uh, you and I saw the same thing on social media the past couple days, though, looking at your uh, next note here. Yes, I wanted to bring in a little bit of this theme park talk to finally uh, tie in the, the greater themes of Corkscrew Convos. And there was a video that I guess went viral. I mean, it's hard to quantify what's viral these days, but there was a video of an elephant 
animated figure being lifted into place at Disneyland in the Jungle Cruise by a helicopter, because I guess that's the best way to do it. If you have the money <laughs> and you don't want to shut down the ride or, or do it in the middle of the night, you can use a helicopter. Now, sure, Disneyland is a no-fly zone, so I'm sure there was a ton of paperwork pushed around to make this happen. But it was wild to see that video, DJ. It's fun. They couldn't avoid it if they were doing it at dusk. I mean, they, they just got to do it, and people took videos. And it was, it was wild to see. Yeah, I <laughs> sent that photo around to so many of my friends being like, uh, and, and I think what's so funny is, you know, it's in the air, and so it's perfectly rigid. That's what's so funny about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> there were these fun little tunes they added to it. I'm sure there are memes out now that if they if they haven't already been made, I'm sure we're going to make some memes to try to meme that before it loses interest uh, in the public <laughs> eye. But it's just wild to see what people have at their disposal on the the scale of Disneyland. And uh, I yeah. guess if people ride the Junk Cruise now, uh, an elephant is back into place. So it, it's really fun to see, and I, it was cool to to notice how close that scene, the elephant bathing scene in the Jungle Cruise was to the Esplanade, the area between the two parks where the video was taken. It's very close. The berm does a, a huge job. It really carries that weight of making inside the park another world because it doesn't feel like you're a couple hundred feet away from the Esplanade, but you are. It's right there. Uh, so it's fun to see that, uh, that uh, I guess, measuring stick of an elephant being lifted into place. <laughs> very, very uh, yeah, interesting thing to see. And we got a really cool um, piece of corkscrew conversation from a fan, a, a dear listener, John from Iowa. John, we wanted to make sure and say thanks to you, give you a shout out on the pod. So shout out to John. Oh, yes. A hearty shout out to John. We always love a, a bit of corkscrew correspondence. I think that's uh, it's fun to have now and again. So uh, thanks for writing in. We really do appreciate it. And we hope you have a, a corkscrew day. We hope you have a yeah. corkscrew day. Right. Put that on yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, that's good. And, and there wasn't really um, anything in there outside of just thanking us for doing the pod. And we appreciate you being a dear listener, John, and for stumbling across this pod. And we appreciate you uh, giving us that awesome review on Spotify, the five-star rating. We also greatly appreciate that. Yeah, so if you're new to Corkscrew Convos, welcome. Thanks for stopping by. We're glad you're here. If you're not new, we're also glad you're here. We, we say that from the bottom of our hearts. We are glad that you're here. Uh, so take a look around, take a listen, and we hope you enjoy yourself. Just real quick, we want to remind you we have a storefront as well. If you go to any of our social media accounts, there's a way to have a Corkscrew conversation with us, whether it's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. Click the link, get to our link tree, and you'll find our new store where we have a very pretty top hat available. Uh, it's really a stocking cap. Corkshire Convo's embroidered on there. Simple black and white. Um, the truth is we don't want to really do any screen printing things. It just It's cheap, doesn't look good, so the products we put on there, we want to make sure that it's something you would enjoy wearing in public, around your friends, and it's good quality. So that's why that's on there. And then, of course, we have some beautiful photography from Chris as well. If you really just want to lighten up your area, make it a, a, a home accent piece per se. Yeah, so we have a couple things uh, nicely curated. We're definitely not going to load it up with different things uh, that we just put out there in an attempt to get SEO traffic or whatever, but uh, it's things that uh, are deliberate and meaningful and they mean something to us, so hopefully they'll mean something to you too. 
but before the New Year, DJ, uh, we, we didn't mention this on the last podcast because I forgot, uh, but I got the chance to sneak up to Christmastown at Busch Gardens Williamsburg for the first time in a couple years. Long story short, it was a good time. I got to ride Pantheon and Dark Coaster and Invader and Alpengeist wasn't open that day, but uh, I brought a lot of other things, saw some great shows. Gloria was back. Uh, and it got pretty chilly at night, but it was a, a good time. And uh, we recorded a pretty quick trip report with a couple friends that I visited with. Uh, so I just wanted to share that with you and with the dear listener uh, before we move on as a, a nice button to 2023. Live from Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, this is Corkscrew Convos. Stop laughing, Connor. Stop laughing, Jared. Gather around. We're going to join hand in hand and talk about the good time that we've had here at Christmas Town at Bush Gardens. So I have Connor and Jared here with me now. Uh, they always giggle a little bit when I do my podcast voice for the first time, but uh, it's fine. Cassidy did the same thing when I had interviewed Cassidy and then I put on the podcast voice. But here we are in Da Vinci's Garden of Invention. We've had a nice full evening at Christmas Town. We've seen it, we've ridden it, we've tasted it. Let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, you know, I've been coming to this event since 2010, and I think there's a lot of layers to this event, and tonight shows how deep of an you know, event this is. You know, we got here for Rope Drop, and it's almost park closed now, and we still haven't completed most of the attractions or shows, but yet I feel rather fulfilled and, you know, grateful to have come to this event and watch it change over the years. You're going to see all the different shows and attractions that have been added to the lineup. It's just been really a fantastic night and something that I'm definitely going to cherish. Rather fulfilled, cherished. That's high praise, if I've ever heard it. Well, that's very good, Connor. What do you think, Jared? What do you like? I mean, after COVID, we saw a lot of impacts on a lot of parks across the states. You know, really challenging to resurface, getting back into the normal vibe of pre-COVID parks with events happening, such as where we are with Christmas Town. And especially in 2021, we saw a really difficult year for Bush Gardens when it came to trying to bring that reinstatement back of what they were previously. But coming back after this event, I think they definitely are reestablishing themselves back in the strong sector of Christmas Town environments. Like Connor said, this part we've been here since park opening, and we still haven't completed much of the park. And well, not all of it, but it's just so much to do now. It's been a busy day. It's too. been a busy day. Yeah. Like we've only conquered all the coasters. We haven't done all the flats because we've been doing all the sh- awesome shows they have here. Great choreography, great sound. You know, it really gets you back in the holiday spirit. Yeah, dear listener, by the way, we were just talking about how, like, wow, there's not a lot of flat rides here. And that got me thinking about the Planet Park episode that uh, we had done more than a year ago by this point now. So go go ahead and find that on the feed. Uh, it was a lot of fun that we put together talking about what we would do were we given the, the reins to the Bush Gardens uh, journey, as it were. Uh, so it's been a great time. We saw a lot of the shows. Gloria is back for the first time since 2019, as Jared had been alluding to. Things are coming back, and we're able to enjoy them again. We were actually thinking about it as we were sitting down in Gloria in the Abbey Stone Theater. Who were we the last time we were sitting down to watch this show? It's been a long time. In some ways, I think we were different people, but in some ways, we're the same as well. We can sit down and enjoy a show like Gloria, or like Up on the Housetop, or like Scooch No More, even though we didn't get to see that particular show today. Uh, But it's so many fun things to do. You can hear the screams from the battering ram over across from the way to us right now. There are so many lights. Uh, There's crazy discounts, by the way, crazy discounts uh, in the Scotland train station, Tweedside. They had 65% off. It's like a garage sale. It's incredible. I had encountered something like it at SeaWorld Orlando, but when it's here at Bush Gardens in my home turf, I'm like, I have to leave with everything. 
And we did package pickup. We even picked up that package that we can't forget it. Oh, we've yep. almost forgot. Oh, yeah. We can't we forget that on the Marco way out. Polo's Marketplace glasses. Exactly. Waiting for us. Classic Bush Gardens hats. Mugs. Oh, yeah. Old roller coaster pins. And we're talking magnets of the classic Anheuser eBay. I know. Things that I never would have thought. We've, that's been a huge, a huge thing that we picked up on today. It's been merchandise. I've always thought they'd have fun merchandise. And yes, you know I'm a simp for Bush Gardens, so I'm always going to buy it. But. The merchandise today, walking through the Christmas store, walking through the craftsman areas, and then of course seeing all the different logo variations from the past couple decades that they are just putting on hats embroidered, and I have to leave with all of it. So it's been a really fun time. We of course went to Trapper's Smokehouse. We got a smokehouse sampler, some fried pickles, you know, the required fare that we have to get and we enjoy it. but. It's been good. I mean, let's let's close it up here. We're, we're not entirely done yet. We have a couple things that we're going to hit, like the new Polar Pathway light show over on Escape from Pompeii. We'll see whatever, whatever else we run into it as well. But, Connor, Jared, any closing thoughts before we head off into the, uh, the Polar Pathway? No, just, you know, fantastic event as always. Glad to see it grow. And, you know, I think this really shows how resilient this event is. Yes, you know, right now it's quite cold i believe 37 degrees which is below the roller coaster threshold but yet king ludwig is strong with dark coaster still operating right now showing that's the indoor the coaster capabilities see of this. So, that's uh, why they did it yeah yeah i mean it's a lot of fun oh yeah and i mean i just i say recommend for everybody to come out here experience this event for yourself if you haven't got the chance to come out here and even if you have been here this is definitely the year to come experience and relive that moments that you had here at christmas before covid it really does cherish you those good memories that you had before and it just gets you out of the stress related stuff that you have going on in your life and it really just keeps you going and happy and getting ready for any holidays and especially for the new year's this is yeah. the place to be yeah, on new yeah. year's winter solstice yeah today is the winter solstice by the way dear listener we did have a bit of a celebration as the shortest day in the year we knew that we had to celebrate it at bush gardens for christmas town because they light up the night with more than 10 million lights i think that's the superlative that they have now so I think that's a good note to leave it on. We will now traverse into the wilderness again, see some polar pathway lights. But until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Connor. And I'm Jared. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty good time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, more of the story, it was a good time. It was great to be back at Christmas Town. Like, like we said in the trip report, they got back to some things that they hadn't been back to since 2019 so it was amazing to see those return like i never thought i'd see gloria again it was a great show i never thought i'd see that ice skating show twas that night on ice again uh, but to see that it did my heart good so i was glad to see glad to see those things and uh, always great to head up to williamsburg for a, a gay old time at bush gardens Absolutely. I actually got the chance to go uh, to uh, the Windy City, check out Chicago. Um, this was my, um, what would this be? It was a no coaster con event. It was with Ace. It's something that the American Coaster Enthusiasts have put on for years. It's a fun event. You should check it out. I think at one point, though, I could be misquoting myself or the weather, uh, the wind chill in Chicago was negative 37 degrees. Ouch. <laughs> uh, like the outside temperature was like almost negative 10. Um, and I'm going to be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really candid with everyone here, our dear listeners. Um, you know, this is some secret knowledge, uh, some secret information about me. Chris, I've got a lot of nose hairs. Oh. Um, and and um, when I stepped outside 
that first day, it was the Saturday when the temperature was really, really low, it was like my nose hairs just instantly froze. I mean, within seconds, it it was like my airways were being blocked in my nose because of all the nose hairs that I have that I didn't realize I had. I mean, it's just like instantly frozen. I've never experienced cold like that. Um, Are you like Andy Reid? Essentially, I have Andy Reid's mustache inside of my nostrils, oh. yes. Um, oh. <laughs> it, it was... It, I like the cold. I will go on record saying that I like the cold. Um, however, it's when there's things to do. So, like... But even beyond that, I mean, this was just stinking cold. Um, it was interesting. The day before on Friday, are you familiar with what lake effect snow is? Uh, no. And so essentially, like, if you're near a body of water, the Great Lakes, the cities around the Great Lakes have this issue, you will tend to get more snow being closer to the lake because of the water vapor in the air and that sort of thing and, and additional science. Um, but they experienced on Friday something with the storm system and the lake. I don't know what happened. It was actually warmer um, in Chicago proper. The Coaster Con is like 30, 40 minutes outside of the city. Um, but they had the opposite effect of lake effect snow where they actually got rain um, and less snow. It was weird. Um, so I got to experience the la latter half of that. So Friday I explored downtown. It was pretty miserable. <laughs> I've been there downtown when it's been cold. I think I'll take cold and snow over this. It was rain and 45 mile an hour winds. Um, Oof. It was just an intense day. <laughs> um, it was funny. I went to go buy a... Um, I wanted to get some new gloves and a stocking cap, and I hadn't got some for a while. So that was already a little miserable because I didn't have gloves or anything. Um, but back to the bouginess, like, if I'm buying gloves or, or a stocking hat, I want to buy something nice. I want something that's going to last me season through season that looks good. It's the color I want. And so I was like, I'm going to go to the North Face. Uh, they make good outerwear. Got to the North Face, <laughs> and they were closed for inclement weather. It's like the ultimate oxymoron. That's how you know it's cold. <laughs> um, that's how you know it's cold. Right around the corner, there's a, a, a freestanding Patagonia store. I've never seen that. So it's like, oh, I guess I'm going there. So a little bougie there. Um, but uh, all that to say, it was very, very cold. Um, but the Coaster Com is great. Uh, parks all over the country were there. Uh, Marcus Lashock, who is like a coaster enthusiast, who's also a TV broadcaster in w, uh, WGN in Chicago, he was there, which was cool to see a full-blown camera there uh, recording the event uh, some awesome parks were there uh, fiesta texas great america six flags um cedar point did like a zoom in adventureland in iowa silver dollar city lost island in iowa um zamperla was there gravity group holiday world some of the standouts um just some information i thought was was really cool we got to just hear a little bit more about how fiesta texas is doing this largest dc universe um, in the country. So we had Jeffrey Siebert on a previous episode of the podcast, the park president down there in San Antonio to talk a little bit about that. And that was pretty recent after they had announced what they were doing. They're getting a nebulas, they're getting this cool monorail, something that was interesting that um, Jeff Felico, who was there, pointed out that monorail is expandable. So they could just take a piece off and they could go further into the park. That was really cool. Oh. Um, so it could become something else. Um, he didn't really say what it could become, but that was like a little gleaming I took out of his whole thing. It was like, oh, this could be, maybe you get around the whole park with the monorail. It's a decent sized park. That would be nice. It's it's flat from what I remember because it's in the bottom of the quarry. Um, but, you know, that could be nice. Um, 
he talked about how that section was expanding. They do this huge coaster enthusiast event called Coaster Rodeo that sounded really fun. Um, Michael Graham with Gravity Group, another call out there. He was great. We also have an episode with Michael Graham on a previous episode of the podcast. Check that out with the Gravity Group. Uh, he was talking about all these installations of their new pre-cut track. So typically you roller coaster track on a wooden coaster. You take a steel plate and then you stack wood right underneath it in rows. And so what they did is they took that and flipped it on its side. So do the same steel plate, but flip that stack to where it's vertical. It's similar to how your house is built, um, but that provides long lasting rigidity. Um, and they're doing this treatment on a lot of coasters. And pretty much, I, unless I understood him wrong, I don't know if Michael still listens, he can call us out if he's listening. Um, but I believe he said all new wooden coaster installations will use this um, pre-cut track formula, stacked track. And he actually revealed that they had been doing it on coasters before they even brought it to light. So like Kentucky Flyer, that was two or three years before they even announced this track technology. They already put it in practice and didn't really tell anybody. So oh. unless you were like an engineer and you knew what you were looking for, it was kind of like a proof of concept. But it adds rigidity, um, and that's Wait, what they've been doing. So, so that's like in the MCU when they put an Easter egg for a future superhero. Yeah. It's like in Iron Man Two yep. when they had an Easter egg for Namor, that was then. I guess they had a project that was canceled at some point, but eventually Namor did come in yep. Black Panther Two. I mean, it's the same thing. Right, I mean, in the, in the coaster world. And it was cool to hear from him and his colleague, Hunter. She showed some uh, cool construction photos of the track uh, in action. Uh, they've got this new custom layout coming to Great Escape uh, called Bobcat. Look like an awesome, awesome layout. Um, it's going to be a good time. Um, but that's what they've been busy doing. It's really interesting. Just all this work um, outside of this custom thing that they're doing, um, just fixing rides that uh, maybe the original construction, you know, this is better to do than perhaps what are some of the other routes? RMCing it, demolishing it, continuing to do the, the work. Uh, he made a good point that a lot of wooden coasters, you know, when you're cutting the track in the field, it's literally a guy on a skill saw or a woman on a skill saw. Like, that's what it is. There's a skill to it, and you're trying to make curves with this flat planar surface. And so what the pre-cut track lets them do is go into these places. Um, they can analyze the curve, the slope, and then go back to the shop, pre-cut it, and then install it. Makes it a lot easier from a maintenance standpoint. I truly think that's probably the future of wooden roller coasters, I, I think. I think they've really cracked the formula on that to where if, if you're talking with others about a wooden coaster, I think this is what you do. Or if you're trying to keep yours alive, this is what you do. They're just such experts on it. They've done a lot of track work on the Voyage. They've done a lot of track work on the Beast. They're continuing to do more track work on parks all around the country. And interestingly, he said they're, they've done a bunch of projects, but the park doesn't advertise it, so he can't say that they've done it. So um, the biggest notable one was I saw people going to like Kima Boardwalk in the past few years saying, holy cow, Boardwalk Bullet's insane. Well, they'd secretly been doing work on it for five years. And he like kind of revealed that. So it's like, oh, that's why. It's this pre-cut track. So we'll see. It seems like the other alternative you have out there, you've got like the iron track with the rivets that a company does. And then um, obviously the RMC topper, which I don't know if they necessarily do that anymore, but they have that thing they've been doing on Tremors up in Lagoon, or not Lagoon, um, Silverwood. Yeah, they've got a, um, a next generation of that. Not exactly yeah. a topper track, but a, a similar solution. Similar. Uh, I, yeah, so... 
that, that's been interesting to see. Um, outside of that, Lost Island presented. It was cool to learn more about their park. Um, I learned last year when I attended more about Lost Island. Um, that's going to be part of a preservation conference that ACE does, so I'll probably go to that um, just to check that out. I want to see Lost Island. Uh, Adventureland was also there, uh, kind of next door, another Iowa theme park. They're doing some work on the underground coaster. They're working with uh, PTC, Philadelphia Toboggan Company, to do some train rehab, I believe. That's a weird coaster, learning more about that from that gentleman. And then, of course, Top Thrill 2, I think that's what everyone was really excited for as far as height and speed. You know, that's going to be the probably one of the craziest things you can do in the States when it opens. Um, just some cool work being done there. Uh, and then uh, Holiday World, I mean, the whole presentation was almost a meme in itself, talking about good gravy and Thanksgiving puns and taking us through the creative process. Um, they, they said that that name was purely generated out of ChatGPT. There were like what? hundreds of options, and that's, that's how it came about. We learned that the cranberry sauce that you fly through, the can will be lit to look like there's cranberries inside. It's a custom boomerang layout. I didn't know that. It's a custom family boomerang. Um, and I've been told that the, we were told during the presentation that the first turn it takes out of the station is going to be kind of a high G turn. So, um, it's, the spike's like 75 feet tall. So it's not like a minuscule looking ride. Um, interesting. Very interesting. They used AI to name it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think what he was saying, if I remember correctly, is just, you know, they're a family owned park and... That just makes the most sense. And so they did say what I also thought was interesting. The first, to, to get to where they arrived, the first thing that came up was, okay, we know we're going to ride in a gravy boat. Before the name Good Gravy, that was what first stuck. The coaster is going to be a gravy boat. Now, I don't know if that, if the family boomerang came before or if the gravy boat was first, but they're like, okay, it's going to be in a gravy boat. That's settled. Let's go from there. See, here's my trouble, DJ. At some point in my life, I would love to name a roller coaster. But if we delegate it to the machine, the machine's just going to get better at it, and it's going to be You won't it. have the chance. Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if, the, if you were to look at my YouTube channel from yesteryear and all the No Limits roller coasters that I had <laughs> on it, I had some killer names. I think one was like Tarantulon or something, like Tarantula, but different. Uh, I, I wonder what I wonder what's going on with that YouTube channel about that. I I had some really name. I had some really great names. It was like uh, I don't know. I can't think of them now, but uh, that was one that stood out to me, and I'm like, yeah, I got some good names locked and loaded. So if I ever get the <laughs> chance to name a coaster, I'll have a couple things workshopped. But if go. they just give it to the machine, then that. I'll never get a chance to, so that's disappointing. But oh well. Oh well. Oh well. So, yeah, that was that was no coaster. It was it was a good time. Um, and now for the second year in a row, I want to go to Dino's Wonder Wheel so bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Seems like such a cool place on Coney Island. I love Coney Island. I haven't been in wow eight ish years, almost eight years. That's too long. We got to get back there. It's a it's a good yeah. place. It's classic and it's very historically significant. But. Uh, I had, uh, I guess, a pretty eventful last couple of weeks as well, because call me a good idea, DJ, because I don't stay away for long, at least for when it comes to being in Orlando, Florida. I was back. I had been there at some point in November, but here I am back at the beginning of January, sort of right after all the holidays finished up, because I made the decision 
to finally get a UOAP, a Universal Ooh. Orlando Annual Pass. I'd already gotten the C's Platinum Pass, so 2024 is going to be a big year for me, and I've already used yeah. those passes as well, but uh, it's okay. many adventures planned. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, <laughs> you're you're not down there. I mean, that, that that's shows what having a good airport does, I guess. I mean, how you can conveniently get down there and make an easy trip out of it. I mean, that's a goal I'd like to have. It's just not in the cards for me. Once a year, that's that's probably maybe twice a year. Last year I went twice, so. Yeah. Uh, we, we ought to figure something out, DJ, because maybe I'll teach you yeah. a couple things about Universal. Because, you know, I'm an insider now. I'm an insider yeah, because the, I have. you getting all the emails now. I am. I am a discounts. <laughs> uh, I get those free lanyards and all that. I, 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 You'll be getting that renewal email, too. Yeah, but then they'll have that renewer offer of like a 25% discount because they add three months to your extension if you renew. Oh, okay. And, okay. Uh, I haven't thought about that. I'm just trying to enjoy it this year because I don't know if I'm going to keep up with it. <laughs> I know especially with Epic Universe opening. Wow. Next year, Epic Universe is opening, 2025, unless they delay it. Uh, the, the annual passes are just going to get so much more expensive. So who knows right. if that's going to be in the cards. But... I did get one, so I had to make a quick trip down to Central Florida and make the use of these passes. So, I stayed at the Double Tree near SeaWorld, and I had stayed oh, there a couple I just times before. There. Yeah, you stayed there nice. before. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's within walking distance to SeaWorld. It's pretty close Literally to some attractions. Literally walking distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and all... you've got that CBS there too, I think, or Walgreens. Yeah, I hadn't been to that one yet, but uh, I mean, it's very convenient. It's right in the middle of everything. Um, I felt comfortable walking for the most part. I mean, coming back that night, uh, we took a, a wrong turn. And so we were sort of walking along this big road in the dark, in the thicket. They hadn't cut down the tall grass, but I guess the, the ticks were hibernating because uh, uh, I didn't see any ticks. But it's essentially within walking distance. That's what I'm trying to communicate. But uh, it was a good time. They had a breakfast buffet since I had stayed there last in 2021. Uh, but with that, they also added a resort fee for each night that they added. So I guess you get the breakfast buffet, but you also get the resort fee. And uh, oh, They had wow. the Mickey waffles, right? I, I didn't see those in particular, okay. but I didn't also look at waffles because I, okay. I kept my, my breakfast pretty simple with the home fries and the sausage and the bacon. It was good. It was good. It's more breakfast than I usually eat because uh, I'm not a huge breakfast person, but uh, it was a treat for uh, such an, an active couple days. Now, I started off at SeaWorld. Uh, I had a decent day. I did around 32,000 steps that day, so I, I, I traversed the park many times over. I did a couple things for the first time. I hadn't, I couldn't believe that I hadn't done these things yet, but I was like, wow, I haven't done these couple things. I need to make an effort to do them. One was Kraken. That How have you never been there. on Kraken before? Well, I hadn't, so I went oh, and I man. rode it. and Such a good ride. It is. I was very impressed because I was not expecting it to be as great as it was. I felt like it often gets overshadowed by all the coasters that they just built and the ones that they're building right now. Uh, or but Kumba. It was good. Everyone's like, you gotta ride Kumba. I'm like, well, I love Did you Kumba. ride Kraken back there? Mm-hmm. Kraken was good. I love that, like, the, the vertical loop after the, the mid course break. It's just, it goes right into the oh, action that's, again. That's the best part, right into the loop. And there's like just a mess of supports and track. It's like that early BM where it's like, yeah, put a support everywhere. Yeah, it was great. They gotta go over the access road. It's really cool. Loved it, loved it. But I did open my day at Pipeline because I'd been trying to sort of 
uh, strategize and, and get the most out of it. I knew pipeline the line was just going to get longer and longer for that new ride that just opened this past year. So I tested out three different areas of the train because I rode it three times, front, middle, and back. It's definitely a front row ride, DJ. Uh, okay. Because it has a little bit of intensity, but it's still very smooth and majestic. Uh, but riding it in the front is definitely the best experience there. So I would recommend that. Uh, I also is it a rode... top 50 for you? Yeah, of course it is. Uh, because the top 25? Huh, I haven't ranked coasters in okay. years. So oh, okay, I... I'm, just, I'm just curious. Okay, you're, you're, to... you're one of the biggest fans of this ride, so I just... Yeah, I like it. It's very yeah. unique. Well, I guess unique is either a binary state, unique or not, but it's unique. <laughs> uh, you right. can, it has the bounce there that you can strategize and get the most out of it and swing your legs up. It's fun. Uh, it has that launch, too. And then I think one of my favorite parts is that little hill in the launch because it's like built-in airtime. You're guaranteed to have airtime because it launches while it's right. doing a little hill. So love that. Uh, but uh, I do like Pipeline. I haven't bought any Pipeline merchandise, but I like it. It's not my favorite coaster at the park, but it's up there. Uh, I did also ride Icebreaker for the first time as well. Uh, my tip, I wrote it a couple times, second to back row is best, not the back row. Because okay. uh, I know for the back there are, are more forces through these little curves that they have, but the second to back row is not quite as cramped as the very back. It's a pro tip for mm. you, DJ. Okay. Okay. Because there is a That's noticeable difference. That's the biggest complaint difference. I've heard is the cramping of some of the yeah. places on the train. It's a noticeable difference between the second to back row and the back row in terms of getting in and out of it and legroom and all that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't also done their observation tower until my visit just now. Uh, this is one of those towers from the 70s from Intamin or something like that, a double-decker yeah. tower, so it's big. And it's tall, too, like 325, somewhere around there. But uh, that's fine. It's nice, uh, a nice way to uh, get out of the, the summer heat if you ride it in the summer and uh, yeah. a nice view. It's good. Orlando is like, it's kind of like the same thing with the eye where, yeah, you get a good view, but everything's so flat there. Yeah, so, of course, you can see the eye. You can see some attractions in the distance. Uh, amusingly, as we were uh, walking back from SeaWorld and I saw this orange haze in the distance, I said, what is that? No, the, when we, this is when we were riding Mako at the end of the night and we okay. saw this orange haze in the distance. And I said, what is that? And they said, that's the TTC. It's all those parking lot <laughs> lights that have that dull, orange, oh warm color temperature glow. Uh, so that's what that was, but that was that was something else there. Uh, so observation <laughs> tower, good, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Now thinking of the future, they did also have some heavy construction going on for Penguin Trek, uh, and they're almost done with that track work. I know there are some images you can get a great view of it, of course, from their observation tower. Uh, but that's going to be a, a nice little ride. I'm very interested to see. Uh, how that rides as sort of like a, a prototype B&M coaster, a new kind of train like that, that is uh, has those lap bars that have a, an arm that goes over you. It's it's going to be interesting to follow as well. Uh, but what blows my mind, DJ, is how long people queue up for the penguin exhibit in that mm. Antarctica section. Yeah. I've never been in that exhibit because it's always so popular. So. 
I, I, when this coaster opens, I don't know what that's, that's going to do for that because it's going to bring so many more people to the area. I don't know what I'm ever going to get a chance to do that. If I rope drop it, do I rope drop the little coaster or do I rope drop the exhibit? Either way, it's going to be a, a tough choice to make. So I'm going to have to strategize before then. Uh, but looking forward to seeing Penguin Trek open up as this new B&M coaster at some point this spring or summer, hopefully. Yeah, I'm curious to see if we see any more of these family-style B&Ms pop up outside of Bush or SeaWorld. It seems like they're kind of the people that have been pushing this product. I'm sure they want to sell more. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a great place for them in Orlando. I mean, everybody goes to Orlando, so to, to have it on, on such a large stage, that's mm. uh, pretty pretty impactful, I guess, to use that buzzword. No, but, every IAPA, come on over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I, I did miss the pathway through the Antarctic section, through all that white ice-like stuff, um, because it was closed for construction, and I had to backtrack if I was trying to go to track uh, to Kraken or something and then go over to the other side of the park where most of the coasters were. I had to go in the pathway underneath Manta near the front of the park. And I rode Manta a couple times. I mean, it uh, generally gets longer lines as well because of how novel it is and uh, how yeah. long the load time sometimes takes but compared to other rides. Uh, but that's one of the reasons I got 32,000 steps is because that pathway was closed in a Antarctica. So okay. uh, I'll, I'll right. be glad to have that open again when the time comes. But, uh, yeah, I got a, a lot of steps. And I, I finished the night out with Mako. Uh, I'll call it Mako ERT because I rode it six times in the last 30 minutes of park operation. And it was dark and there wasn't a, a, a star in the sky. So it was just really dark there. Uh, and it was fun. Make we, RT. Make RT. I'll make put make that a T-shirt and put it in the store. No? Uh, nothing <laughs> like that. But uh, it was a good visit. I had a, a really good time. Saw a couple shows, of course. Uh, rode the coasters. Uh, it's a, a good visit. It's uh, Sea World is a bop. It's a fun time to visit. Ride some coasters. It, it really is. When I hear friends, families visiting Orlando, and that's not in their plan, I always ask, hmm, why? I'm not trying to be judgmental, but for some people, they just can't make it over there, and I, and I totally get that. But if you're looking for a really good coaster collection, and you don't want to drive to Tampa, SeaWorld's right there. Yeah. yeah. I got to get over to Tampa. It's been a decade. It's been more than a decade now since I've been to Busch Gardens, Tampa. Yeah. So I got to give that another yeah. try. Uh, but on it's the next day. <laughs> yeah. On the next day, I had to return to the globe. Universal, I guess, as most people call it. <laughs> Because I had to brandish my new UOAP around here. I mean, I had to walk around hey, like I own the place. You went to the security checkpoint. You're like, look at me, yeah. pass holder. Hey, everybody, look at me. I'm a universal annual pass holder. I think You're I guess the, guy the only saying, get out of my way on the moving walkway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess the the only way that I could have upped that is if I had my Robinhood app open, showing that I own this Comcast stock, and say <laughs> I own this place. I'm a shareholder. Get yeah. out of my way. Uh, I I don't actually own any Comcast stock, but I wonder if I would buy like a, a cent of it purely for the bit. Uh, I wonder. Uh, maybe they give pass holders a discount on stock. That's interesting. I mean, that, that would be something if they were to do that, or maybe vice versa. But that's, yeah. <laughs> it's a fun time. But uh, I had a good time at Universal uh, because now it's a Universal Pass. So I could just pop in whenever I want. Uh, it started out as a rainy day. So, of course, Velocicoaster and Hag Ride were closed, unfortunately. So I said, well, I'm going to start the day off at the Studios Park. 
Uh, and I had a good time there because there are a lot of indoor rides there. Like I did Mummy, the single rider line. That is a hack there. You can bypass a lot of the regular line with the Mummy. Uh, I did the Race Through New York starring Jimmy Fallon uh, for the first time since 2021, I think. I ended up riding it one and a half times because we were uh, going through the ride and it, we were in the, in the underwater section. Sorry, sorry if this is a spoiler for you. Uh, and then the shark came up and was going to chomp at us. And apparently the sensors in the ride vehicle are such that if there are feet in proximity to a seat and then suddenly there aren't, it will e-stop the ride. And then they have to come out and check and, and recycle the seat belts. Uh, and apparently there was a, a child or something that got scared because of the, the shark and uh, they raised up their feet in, in fright and that tripped the sensor of a, a lack of proximity where there was previously proximity. Uh, so they restarted the ride. They did not give us the option to get off or anything. They just said, we're going to restart it. We're going to do it again from the top. Uh, so it was a good time. Uh, rode it and, and, uh, and did that. Also had to go to E.T., I, uh, it was it was a little bit of a longer wait because it was only one side of the station open at that time, uh, but it just meant more time staying and listening to Botanicus, and I could listen to Botanicus <laughs> speak forever. I feel like, E.T. Save Magpie or whatever Teakley. That's what it is. Save Teakley. Uh, and it's uh, it's <laughs> that ride is something else. They yeah. created their own IP so for that. It's never changed. It's so good that it's closed during Halloween Horror Nights. Well, because they got to use the queue for it. And it's a, a tough trade-off, but they don't open Kid Zone. Or I guess they won't open Destination DreamWorks either when that happens. But yeah. uh, Road Gringotts as well. Uh, and then, then there was this ride called Men in Black Alien Attack. Ooh, it's been there for a ride. while. And that Love is it. such a ride. I mean, I rode that it so is. many times over my visit. I had previously ridden it only once before in 2021, but I rode that ride the most that weekend, maybe except for Mako. I did Mako a ton. I did Mako like nine or ten times that day, but I did Men in Black Alien Attack just over and over, trying to get better at it. I... I wasn't good at it to start out with. I started out and like, oh, I'm getting 16,000, 47,000. What am I doing wrong? Sometimes I would get the red button bonus because I would press it before anybody else. But I just, I didn't know it was wrong. So I, I went and I sat down and I said, I have to figure this out. I have to get better at this ride because I have some friends who are just they are pinch hitters for that ride. They will, I don't know if they've maxed it out, but they are very, very <laughs> good at, at doing that ride. So I said, I need to get better. I need to look in the mirror and look at that man in the mirror and make a change and tell him to change his ways. So that's what I did. I sat down, I read some articles, I studied the blaster, and I'm glad to say I improved greatly. Hmm. I got to the point where I was... Uh, pulling the average score from our car up each time I was the professional instead of dragging the score down. Uh, that ride, I think, could use a drama mean warning of some sort. Um, I think for some folks, um, I'm okay on it. I'm kind of teetering on the edge, but it's got a pretty aggressive, spoiler, pretty aggressive spin on that ride. Oh, yeah. I love that It kind of comes out of nowhere. It's great. Like, it really adds to the experience, but 
I for very first time I wrote it, I was like, "Ooh, I, I did not expect that." I I did notice though. You, I, I don't see anywhere on here, uh, minion blast, and I also don't see anywhere where you had um, went to. Oh, what's the other thing I'm I'm thinking of? Oh, the the born experience. I did do born on the second day. Uh, okay. I, of course, I got to do Jason Bourne. It was a great time. Love yeah. that show. Um, I yeah. I say, uh, embarrassingly, I. Uh, almost sort of fell asleep with my eyes open because it's one of those days where it's a busy weekend. I'm up yeah. early and up late. Yeah. And if I was sitting in a dark room that was nicely air conditioned, <laughs> I'm going to lose consciousness involuntarily. Yeah. That's just how it is, unfortunately. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but it's a great show. I love the Bourne Stuntacular. Uh, but uh, just one final thought for Men in Black Alien Attack. DJ, have you ever gotten the alternate ending? I don't think so. I, I think okay. I've gotten the same ending every time, and I don't think it's the alternate one. Okay. I ended up getting the alternate ending twice. That's how good I got, that I was pulling up our average so that we were averaging like 130000 as a car. <laughs> and then the, the Will Smith video would do the thing where, wow, y'all did great. Great job. Uh, and then it would pull over into the scene and turn in the opposite direction than it usually did. For Usually it would show like a, a weather report of monsters monsters or something but this way it would turn in the opposite direction they'd shine a light over the the scrim to then show this alternate scene and it would be of your men in black suit being made by a many armed alien oh, who's cool. uh, doing the and it's the animatronic there it's incredible and they said okay i'll nice. have it ready for you by tuesday Oh, I mean, and, that and is, only you only see it with the alternate scene. That's cool. Yeah, if you do good enough, because if you don't, you just get that weather report scene, and that's it. So that's, that's cool. why that ride is so rewritable, DJ. I I loved riding Men in Black Alien Attack, and I've gotten a lot better. I will say I have room to improve. I mean, I'm going to keep reading and keep studying the blaster, uh, and hopefully I will become a master someday at that. I mean, uh, it's as simple as. You can increase your score substantially by never taking your finger off the trigger. Because every 10 times that you shoot, you get a 1,000 point bonus. So if you just keep your finger on the trigger, that is going to help whether you hit anything or not. And there are other tips and tricks, and maybe we'll have an episode in the future about it digesting all those but there are so many ways that you can get better at this ride and and that was one of the real highlights of this trip was really starting to get better at men in black alien attack it's such a fun ride that's awesome that's awesome and you had a second day you said I did. I spent a, a part of that second day at Universal. Of course, I did make it over to Islands of Adventure later on in the day on the first day. Wrote some of the bigger stuff. Never ended up making it onto Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure, unfortunately, uh, because of that weight. Uh, but uh, I did get on Forbidden Journey a ton of times because that single rider is also undefeated. Uh, oh, yeah. That's oh, probably yeah. the best one for single. Oh, yes. I mean, did Velocicoaster I mean, well. Velocicoaster single isn't bad either. Well, I, I don't think it's great because usually when those two cross cars, they're, they're not great because... If there's a group of three, they'll pair it with a group of one or two or something. And uh, I have not find the single. I have not found the single rider line to be worth it for Velocicoaster itself. But uh, okay. I might be wrong about that. On the second day, uh, I had some fun as well. Did a, a couple things. I had a couple pieces of merchandise that I had my eye on. 
uh, especially in the Legacy Store and City Walk. That was actually the last weekend of the Legacy yeah. Store before they close them down. Yeah, they, they flip it over to something else. Who knows what it's going to be in the future? But the Legacy Did Store. Did they have any sales or anything for oh, that? No, or of was course, it just business as no. usual. No. Okay, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, because uh, I don't know what the concept's going to be then. But I really love the concept that they had with the Legacy Store that uh, for a couple of years, I guess, because it was. The legacy of Universal Studios Florida and the the properties, a lot of Universal Monsters stuff, uh, a lot of Back yeah. to the Future, E.T. stuff like that all put together. There's that pink, black, yellow, blue, old school logo hoodie, Windbreaker. Oh, I, I really, took, really wanted. I took a really hard look at that, DJ, but ultimately I said, I have enough. Uh, I have enough jackets from Kirkland yeah. Signature. I I don't need this. And you got to wear good. a jacket all the time to get your money's worth. Yeah, it's it's like a $65 jacket. It looks yeah. good. They, and they sell it elsewhere. They don't just sell it in the Legacy Store. But I had my eye on a couple things. One of those things was one of their posters. And I bought a poster for Halloween Horror Nights. But they had this sort of opening day attractions poster that they made. Now, it's not the original opening day attractions poster that had Ghostbusters and things like that, but this was a, a version of that they had, they had made with things like E.T., Back to the Future, Jaws, King Kong, um, that I said, wow, I gotta buy that. And so <laughs> on that Sunday, before I left for the airport, in the afternoon, I headed over to CityWalk and to the Legacy Store. Lo and behold, they had already put the pipe and drape up behind the glass. It was already closed. Wow. Wow. And I missed out. It was my uh-huh. own fault. <laughs> I waited too long, and it was gone, never oh. to return again. The team members were literally lining up outside the entrance as I, as I was trying to walk up for their group photo. <laughs> I didn't make a scene. I wasn't going like to be a, that person. You, like an hour earlier. Yeah. I mean, I Maybe said, a few oh. minutes. <laughs> I wasn't going to say, oh, pardon the interruption, but can I go? No, I wasn't going to do anything like that. But oh, I, I would have oh. said that. If I really wanted that, yeah. Well, maybe they'll I, cause, move cause, the, the merchandise somewhere else. Who knows? Fair, fair. But at least get the ask. And if they say no, all right. Now yeah. I know for certain. It was one of those things where a lot of the things in that store were in other stores within the resort itself. But that poster I did not see anywhere else. And I looked. Because I had looked at like a nice embroidered shirt with the Universal Resort logo on there uh, that they had sold in a couple locations. Uh, but uh, I just didn't get that poster. Maybe they'll move it somewhere else now as they work through that stock. But if you really want something, DJ, you got to go out and seize it. You don't have yeah. to wait for another day. If you have the means and you have the opportunity to get it, get it if you want to wait for it delay that gratification just know you're taking a risk so you got to be careful now sometimes yeah. waiting is good waiting makes it even sweeter but if it's a poster at city walk just get the poster at city walk dj and that's that's the moral of the story let that be a lesson to you learn from my mistakes dj learn from my mistakes dear listener please if you want it and you really want it and you have the means and you're either going to get it this day or the next. You know you're going to get it. Just do it. Don't wait. Life is too short. Life is too short. Now, um, my, my, my last question to you, you said you stayed at this double tree. I learned that the Endless Summer Resort, I believe, is like a value-friendly hotel. Did you look at that at all? I did not. Um, okay. Maybe I'll look at it in the future. Now, I got the bottom I, tier. Someone said $99 pass. a night or something. 
depending on the night. Uh, I mean, okay. I'll, I'll have to do some research now because uh, I know I have the, the bottom tier UOAP, but I think I do get some sort of a discount on yeah, some rooms. So I'm going to have to look yeah. because okay. if then I'm if I'm able to stay there and then I get the, the shuttle to Universal, that would definitely make a difference as well. Uh, okay. I mean, to get to and from the parks themselves, getting to Universal, I did use a rideshare program. And I had a really good pro tip to share with you, DJ. So thank you okay. for reminding me. Thank you. Okay. I, in the past, have either hailed a ride to go to the just universal drop-off point, which is at the top of their parking garages and right. can be a little difficult to navigate sometimes if there are different color zones and a ton of people mm -hmm. around trying to find mm -hmm. their ride. A couple times I had gone to the, uh, what is it, Royal, uh, Royal Pacific Hotel. Yep. Uh, and and so I had gone and gotten dropped off there and then walked under a couple bridges along the way to City Walk. But I realized, DJ, I don't know if this is frowned upon, so I'm going to put the disclaimer about there. If this is not allowed, don't do it. But I did this, and it seemed like it wasn't a bad thing, I think. But I got dropped off at the Hard Rock Hotel. Mm. And that is just to the right of the Universal Studios Florida Arch, essentially. Okay, yeah. You have to walk through a, a little sidewalk area, but then, boom, you turn around yeah. the corner, and there's the arch. So, you still do the metal detector? Yes, and, the, that, and, right? and that's yeah. the thing there, too. It's uh, I don't know about different points of the day, but when you went through this security screening, it's the same with the Royal Pacific. Sure, it's only one screening mm -hmm. setup, but... Uh, it's it's not a ton of people like they I, they yeah. just walked up and I, I walked up and they were waiting for me, so uh, that that's a pro tip. I don't know if it's uh, an official tip. I don't know if it's something that they would mention on their podcast or website or anything. But that was definitely the the most convenient way that I had entered the resort. And were you doing rideshare from airport to your hotel and vice versa back? I did. Yes. I mean. Uh, okay. It's. Uh, I'd love to get the bright line down there. I wanted to try there. the minivans at Disney sometime. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I I had looked at the mirrors solution as well, but I don't know if they were going to the Double Tree. I think mostly they were just trying to take over the routes that were on the Disney's Magical Express that were discontinued. So not exactly my neck of the woods in terms of the Double Tree. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh it's something I'll have to look in again because that would definitely be a cost-effective option to schedule that on an existing mirrors route uh, instead of getting the rideshare, which can definitely add up. You'll need to try on a future trip. Also, we need a we need a bright line trip report. You need to take the train down to Miami and and tell us how that goes. You want me to go to South Beach, huh? You don't have to tell yeah, me twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never been to Miami. That's uh, that that'd be something. I hear some of those straights along the route. It's like over 100 miles per hour because oh, yeah. it's just straight yeah, yeah, Florida yeah. swamp land. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be exciting. That would be exciting to do because there's, you know I love trains. There's a really good uh, video on it. Uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels. It's called um, Greener Grass. It's Jeb Brooks. He does just reviews of airports, airplanes. And so he does these challenges and things. And one of the things they did was they did the flight from Orlando or sorry, they did Brightline from Orlando to Miami, and then they did Plane back from Miami to Orlando. And uh, it's a little comparable price, to be honest. And at the end of the day, 
you know, if you're going to play it safe, you're probably spending the same amount of time either way. But it's the fact that Brightline, you can show up 10 minutes before it leaves. Um, you can do real work. Um, it's just it's just more relaxed. Yeah. So uh, that's a good idea. I, I'd like that. Now I'm going to uh, have to figure out one of those, my next trip to Orlando, I guess. It picks up guess, from the airport, too. Airport. Yeah, that, that is convenient. I love that intermodal transportation that is actually yeah. linked. That is what I need in my life, that's, so I, I love to see that. That's how I do Chicago. I just uh, take the train from the airport. Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, I, I guess I'll just close up with a, a couple thoughts about my time after Universal that evening because it was a, a Saturday night. The night was young. I knew I, we had to have some fun. So, of course, caught up with some friends, uh, both in the parks and uh, after as well. Uh, great to see some friends when I head down there as well. But uh, closed out the night with some nachos at Pat O'Brien's. Uh, they were good. I mean, I love those dueling pianos. Uh, that was a, a yeah. real fun, too. I had previously on a previous trip gone to Howl at the Moon which was uh, another piano bar on iDrive, very close to Cafe Tutu Tango. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's a just great atmosphere. I love dueling pianos. It's, it's really fun uh, to just have that. And how do they know all those songs? Let's, that's what blows my mind. So, sure, they're learning the chords, like, one song ahead of time while the other piano is playing, but it just it makes me say, wow, how do they do that? So, love patios, Pat O'Brien's there. Uh, I mean, it goes without saying, the night I got there, I went to Chewy's before I went to my hotel. Uh, I had to, I said, please take me from the airport to Chewy's on iDrive because uh, I, mean, I love that place. I mean, I have a Chewy's in my home market. I've never been there, but I've been to the Chewy's on yeah. iDrive multiple times yeah. because they, they just treat me well. They, yeah. they got that creamy jalapeno dressing that you can dip the yeah. chips in. I mean, what else do you need? It's fair. It gets you done. It's it's good. But on this night after Universal, after Pat O'Brien's, we headed to a place called O'Shucks, which I had not heard of before, but it came highly recommended. And it turns out it was a karaoke bar, DJ, a karaoke bar. I had heard of them, but I'd never actually been to one. So that was sort of like a science experiment for me. I was like one of those... Uh, Star Trek people beaming down to a new planet and, and investigating and saying, what is this? Why do they do what they do? And, I, and <laughs> learning from them, distilling it into lessons or whatever. Uh, but it was, oh, shucks. It's on iDrive. Uh, not a, a part of iDrive that has a, a lot of walkable things, but it's, a, it's on iDrive. So it's in that area. And I just dug the vibes. It was a good time. It was busy because it was a Saturday night. But uh, I didn't have the chance to sign up for a song, of course. I don't think I would have done so anyway, because like, I, it was my first time there, and I've never really done karaoke, period. So uh, I don't really know what would go into that. But my question to you is, DJ, have you ever done karaoke? Uh, not solo. Okay. What, what song have you done with people? Um, like, I think... Um uh, Sweet Caroline oh, yeah. and a um, couple, couple of those others when I did it in a group, but I've never done it just solo, like here's the Mike Dalton go. Okay. Uh, I'd be interested to see what your strategy would be for karaoke were you to do it alone, because oh. 
it was it was a great atmosphere at Oshucks. I mean, yeah. people were doing the some of the classic songs. Then one guy got up and did an Andrea Bocelli song with like he was like a classically trained singer and he was doing it. He brought the house <laughs> down because people were playing pool in the back just doing whatever. But then they would get up and and applaud at the end of it when he would hold out the note and it's like wow okay I guess that's <laughs> a thing. Uh, and then of course it'd be a, like a bridal party that would go up and do Let It Go and. Uh, maybe wasn't as technically proficient as the guy who did Andrea Bocelli, uh, but right. still had a just as much fun doing it, and that people were having fun watching them. Uh, so it was a great atmosphere, and uh, I hope to go to a karaoke bar at some point in the future. I would do Bohemian Rhapsody. I've already have this in the back of my mind. That would that will be my song of choice. Now here's here's my question, DJ. That's a long song. I can do it. Okay. You're up to the task. Now, there's, a, there's many pieces to that song. Would you do all the there different is. voices? Yes, I do all the different voices. Okay. And Can probably you... different face movements. Okay. Can you give us a little preview? That will be saved for our first ever Corkscrew Convos meetup uh, whenever we do that in 2027. Oh, wow. <laughs> I need to see that. I mean, that's my trouble is I wouldn't even know what to start because they I would scan through the list of songs that they had backing tracks for. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of good songs. They even had some show tunes. And I was like, oh, they got some show tunes. I know those songs word for word already. But I'd have to pick something that would be more for the audience than for me, but still something that I could do justice to. I'm no singer by any means, but that's not the point of karaoke. So, I mean, that's the, the trouble. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to do a Disney thing necessarily, but I'd want to yeah. do something that people could really get into. So let that's me... The, uh, one thing about me that uh, my friends in high school know all about me, but pretty much college onward, professional life, um, I sang, well, a couple times at state with a group, but I also did a solo. I made it all the way to state. So singing is was my thing. I don't do it as much anymore, but... I just wait for the right moment, you know. Yeah, we got to get you back up there. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's going to be a good time. I mean, I'm going to have to do some That could be part of our Patreon, custom song for me. Pick a song, I'll sing it. Yeah, we'll figure out the licensing and the the sync rights somewhere else. Yeah, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I would have to do some research because... I I mean, I'm on Spotify right now looking at the karaoke hits playlist. There's Since You've Been Gone from Kelly Clarkson. Not necessarily in my register, maybe. Uh, Before He Cheats, Carrie Underwood. That would probably be funny, but not necessarily something that I could really get into. Uh, Love Story by Taylor Swift. Maybe You you Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. Uh, In The Office, they did that as one of the karaoke's. Anything from Creed. Oh, yes. That's that's now in the realm of it's funny and it's popular again yeah it's it's earnest i mean oh yeah I mean, those, some of those songs are intense and i could just scream those songs and feel the emotion than everybody else would too i mean there's dancing queen by ava that's a big one toxic by britney spears super yeah. bass that would be very difficult to do someone would <laughs> have to train for that like an olympic athlete to know that same with any eminem song as well Let's see, Mr. Brightside, that would get the audience going. Let's see, oh, Come On Eileen, that would be a big one. Copacabana, I think that would be a fun one. Because that's like one of those musical theater songs. It's not actually musical theater, but it's a song that really tells a story. And it has some some vibes to it, so that would be fun to do. Let's see. Kiss from a Rose, that's something the audience would really resonate with. Bohemian Rhapsody, there it is. 
closing time. Oh, that would be one. But you'd have to do it towards the end of the night. That would be something. Sweet Caroline, yeah. Semi-Charmed Life. Umbrella. Oh, Semi-Charmed Life would be good. Yeah, Footloose. Let's Ooh. see. Don't Stop Believing, is that on there? I'm sure it is. It has to be. Wonderwall, that would be a great yeah. bit to do. Anyway, Did you say Wonderwall. Come On, Eileen? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Creep by Radiohead. That would be something. Uh, let's see. Say My Name. I mean, I bet they have uh, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. That would that'd bring the house down, I think. Not necessarily me, but someone doing that, that would be really good. Uh, let's see. We're almost done. American Girl by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And there's Don't Ooh, Spot Believing at the song. End. So, okay. yeah, there's a lot of options. I think I'd have to do like some practicing because... I would have to know all the words ahead of time. I wouldn't be looking at the screen. I'd really have to make a show out of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think, like, oh, shucks, uh, it was great atmosphere. I had a great time there. But I just remembered there is a karaoke bar at CityWalk. There is. I'm pretty sure they charge a, a cover, but they actually have, like, a, it, a live band and, and real backing to Pat O'Brien's. Yeah. I've never been inside, but... I ought to give it a try just to check out what those vibes yeah. are and how it compares to Oshucks. Yeah. Be interesting to see. Very interesting. Uh, but uh, maybe that's uh, for the future. And who knows? There are probably karaoke bars where I come from, and maybe I'll have to just scope those out and be a, a mysterious uh -huh. stranger sitting in the corner taking notes on a notepad, <laughs> learning from people. Uh, who knows? But it's going to be something, uh, something fun. Well, dear listener, that was a corkscrew conversation. But as we said towards the beginning of the podcast, we'd love to have a corkscrew conversation with you. There's multiple ways you can do that via email, corkscrewconvos at gmail.com. Uh, if that's the way you want to get in touch with us, uh, that's definitely available to you. If you're John from Iowa and you want to say thanks or you just want to say hi, that's a great way to do it. But we're also, like we said, on all the social media platforms, all the major ones at least, uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, X, YouTube, we're all there. We're at corkscrewconvos or some sort of similar variation and in all those social media platforms check out our link tree it's a great way to check out the corkscrew combo store and if you want to help out the show there's a really free quick easy way to do that that is by leaving a written five star review on apple podcasts or just a five star review on spotify they don't have a written function for reviews there but that's perfectly okay uh, both help out the show and just help it to uh, be what it is and, and grow and reach more people with the algorithm and all that sort of thing so uh, it's very quick, easy way to help us out. But until next time, my name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And this has been another Corkscrew Convo. Thanks for listening.